everybody, and welcome to another episode of the iFreak Show. This week, it's just me. Uh, no guest, no co-hosts, just Charles Maxwood uh, coming in here and talking about stuff. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. Now, I'm going to talk more about careers than I am about iOS development. Um, basically, I'm going to kind of give a little bit of an outline uh, for figuring out what it is that you want from your career and your life. Um, I get a lot of people asking me essentially how to stay current. Um, it seems like that kind of leads a little bit into career plans and things like that. And uh, when I answer people, a lot of times I'm like, well, that depends on what you want. And so I really do want to dive in and just uh, kind of hit this um, from an angle that makes a lot of sense so that when you're trying to figure out what to learn or where to go or where to work or anything like that, because this is a big part of finding a new job too, right? A lot of people wind up, they, they kind of coast through a job until they lose it or until they just can't take it anymore. And then they go out and apply and whoever winds up giving them an offer first, they take that job and they just rinse and repeat. And my goal with devjet.tv is not just to have a bunch of podcasts, right? I really want to have podcasts that help people get to a place in their life that matters to them, right? Um, we cast a lot of value judgments on where people end up, what they're doing, what they're working on, where they live, all that kind of thing. And at the end of the day, what really matters is what makes them happy, right? And so, for example, I live here in Utah, and there are a lot of things that I like about living in Utah. But the big thing for me is my family, and they're here, right? And that's a lot of the reason why I've stayed here. It's a lot of the reason why um, my wife wants to stay here. We've talked sometimes, you know, because I'm kind of an adventurous soul, and I want to go see the world. But, uh, you know, so we've talked about, oh, well, wouldn't it be fun to move out to, you know, somewhere else? And what ultimately anchors us here is our families. So, you know, for me, that's a big deal. But somebody else may be going, I want to go move off to the tiniest island in the world that has a village on it. And I want to do part-time fisherman and part-time programmer. So who knows, right? Who really knows? So what, what I really want to dive into this time is just figuring out where your career is, figuring out where, you, where your life is, where you want it to be, right? And then we can start to sort of build backward from there and build the kind of career that we want, okay? So, so what I want you to do is I want you to close your eyes, unless you're driving or something, right? But close your eyes and just think for a minute of that place, right? Where do you want your life to wind up? Where do you want your career to wind up? 
What, what kinds of things are really going to matter to you? So, so let's, let's think for a minute, right? Um, let's go to a place that's way down the road for the younger folks and not so far down the road for the older folks and, and talk about retirement. Do you want to retire? Uh, do you want to retire and go do specific kinds of things, right? So my mom, for example, um, she teaches high school over here. She wants to retire in like five years, right? And then she's got a pretty concrete plan as far as what she wants to do. She wants to go travel all over the world. She wants to see some pretty specific places and just some places that she, you know, probably isn't thinking of right now that are going to, you know, broaden her horizons and give her experiences that she wants. Right. So is that what you're seeing or are you more like me? Right. Cause people ask me, Oh yeah, you know, podcasting, blah, 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 and build your own company. And eventually you can sell it and retire and be rich. Right. Is kind of the idea behind having your own company, but I really enjoy what I do. Right. I really love this. And I don't really foresee a place where I get to where I'm going, mm, I don't want to do that anymore, right? And so the idea of retiring, and I see people retire and then like they become professional TV watchers. I, I can't do that. I am not made to do that. Now, maybe in another 20, 30, 40 years, I'm going to be going, mm, I'd really like to be able to sit down and watch TV all day. But for right now, I mean, it sounds nice for a couple of days, maybe a week where I could just sit down and not have to do anything. But the idea of retiring and not having anything to do would drive me completely insane. And even like traveling the world and things like that, I kind of need a project to work on. Right. Um, my wife's stepdad's kind of that way. Right. Um, he retired five, six, seven years ago, maybe more. And He's constantly working on motorcycles, cars, and, you know, he's always got a project going. And uh, my father-in-law, my wife's dad, he, he still works, right? He, he's a general contractor. He's actually doing work at my mom's house, I think, right now, okay? Because my mom hired him to help remodel her kitchen. So you, you kind of get the idea, right? Some people are really wired for that and some people aren't. So thinking about that in the long term, it's probably not a terrible idea to put money into a, uh, a retirement account, whether you plan to retire or not. I'm planning on doing that just so that, you know, if something changes and I can't, right? Or if my project turns into, I get a phone call. So I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, right? So I could see in 30 years or 20 years, right? I get a phone call from Salt Lake and they go, we want you to go on a mission, right? I want to be able to afford that and just go. But it's not going to be a permanent thing, right? I come back and then I'm going to want to be right back into this, right? So, so that, that's the kind of thing that you want to think about, right? Is, okay, where do I want to end up? And yeah, that's not a ton of the programming career kind of thing, right? I mean, I'm looking at this as a long-term, I'm going to die sitting in this chair with a microphone in front of me. And so I am thinking of it that way. But for a lot of people, Maybe not. And who knows? I mean, maybe things will change in 20 years and I wind up running for a public office or doing something else. Right. So that, you know, this isn't the thing, but I'm still not planning to retire. So anyway, you kind of get the idea there as far as, you know, just thinking ahead that way. And OK, so if I if I need to have a retirement fund in place, right, so that I can go do a church service or I can go do, um, you know, 
public service or I can go do whatever, right? I can go work for a chair. I can go volunteer at a charity full time or something like that, right? So if my life circumstances are that way, or if I just can't work, then I have money to pay bills, right? So I need to be making a certain amount now, right? To pay my bills now. And then I need to be making a certain amount more to be able to save up for retirement. And so um, those, those are kinds of things to think about. And that's really, really long-term, but I'm starting way out there in long-term and kind of working my way backward because um, from there, you know, then, then maybe we can say, okay, well, before we retire, what kind of a career do I want to have? Or what kind of a life do I want to have? Um, the other thing to consider, and this is something that I'm kind of getting into right now, um, my kids, right? My oldest is 14. My youngest is three. And so it's getting to the place where I really do want to get some more quality time one-on-one with my kids, especially my older kids, right? Because I feel like right now is the time where I really do have the opportunity to uh, be a good influence on them and help them figure out life and design the kind of life they want to have. And some of the decisions they're making now are going to affect them later on, right? If, if one of my kids wants to go to college um, or have a specific profession that you have to go to college for, like they want to be a doctor or a lawyer or something, then I need to be having the kind of relationship with them now to help them to get through school with good grades so they can get in, right? Or if they decide they want to do something else, they're going, dad, I just want to be a podcaster like you. I don't know that I, I don't know that I need a degree, right? They might need a degree in whatever it is they talk about on the podcast, maybe, or maybe they decide that getting a journalism or an English or, you know, some kind of fine arts degree is going to get them where they want to go. Um, you know, we need to be talking about those things and I want to have that kind of relationship. I also want to have the kind of relationship with them and spend the kind of time with them. I mean, just cause I care about them, but also because, um, you know, maybe there are other things, I mean, besides career, right. You know, I want them to be, you know, I want them to know, or at least to have thought deeply about the church. Right. And I want to spend, you know, so anyway, so the, 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 the time with my kids is something that I'm designing for right now. And that's going to be a thing for the next 10 to 20 years, right? Is how do I do this with my kids? Hey folks, this is Charles Maxwood. And I just launched my book, the Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. It's up on Amazon. We self-published it. I would love your support. If you want to go check it out, you can find it there. The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. Have a good one. Max out. Um, I mean, some of the things I'm thinking about are, do I take them to conferences with me? Do I, you know, and I took them to NGConf last year and they really enjoyed that. Um, but they went to the kids track and I went and did my work, right? So it wasn't time together per se, but I could see like a, one of the podcasting conferences or something, right? Um, especially the, like the podcast movement extension, which is in Los Angeles, right? So then I could take one of my kids to that and then we could go to Disneyland for a day and then we come home or something, right? Anyway, so, so yeah, so designing life for that, right? And okay, well, I need to make a little more money so I can, you know, do that. Um, I need to be efficient enough with my time to be able to spend it with them, uh, that kind of a thing. So just thinking about those lifestyle things that are going to come within the next 10 years, five years and things like that. And then looking at your career in the same arc, right? 
So for a long time, I really wanted to be a speaker at the conferences, right? I really looked up to him. I thought that that was a track that I wanted to be on. I liked the recognition they got. And so, you know, I looked at those things and again, I was just sitting here going, okay, you know, do I want to be a speaker or maybe you want to be a podcaster or maybe you don't want to be a podcaster. Maybe you want to be a blogger. Maybe you want to do YouTube. Maybe you want to do screencasts. Maybe you just want to show up at work at eight, leave at five and go skiing. Um, I mean, anything, right? You know, halftime fisherman, halftime, I mean, whatever, right? Um, I, I want to own a hundred head of cattle. I mean, I don't know. But, um, you know, just just think through that and, and what that really means and, and where that's going to get you. And then start working backward from that. So some of these ideas that we're talking about, like, for example, uh, being a speaker, for example, you need to specialize. You need to specialize enough to where you can, for example, I was talking to somebody uh, earlier, we did an Adventures in Angular episode, right? And I was chatting with him and, and he was like, well, did you submit any talks to Adventure to NGCon? And I think I might have, I don't remember. I don't know, honestly don't remember. But the issue is, is that I haven't specialized on Angular, right? And so the kinds of talks that I'm going to give at an Angular conference are going to be much less focused on Angular and much more focused on other skills. Or I'm going to be giving like, hey, here's the beginner, blah, 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 right? You know, the basics or maybe intermediate stuff. I'm not going to be deep on it because I'm not deep on it every day. And so if you want to speak at some of these conferences, it really helps to be really plugged into the community and it helps to really, you know, have a certain level of expertise so that you can hit the topics that people are going to want to hear about, or you've got to have some other unique take on things that they're not going to get from another speaker. And so, you know, usually they have one or two that's like, um, I think last year they had a talk that was like A is for Angular and, you know, it was a unique talk, right? And so it kind of had that. So you've got to kind of figure out what kind of a speaker you want to be and you've got to build the skills to be able to do the talks. And so that may mean going to Toastmasters. It may be mean reading books. There are a bunch of great books on speaking out there. Um, practice making slides, um, you know, going to the users groups, you know, and so people, people talk about how do I stay current or how do I build the skills that I need? And like I said, you know, now that we're talking about speaking skills, it really depends on where you want to end up. Right. And so um, if you want to be a speaker, then you've got to figure out where the Swift conferences are or the mobile development conferences are. You know, maybe you wind up speaking at like OzCon or something that's uh, open source, you know, and you're speaking at that, you know, so you're speaking about a specific, to specific topic at a general conference. But yeah, just kind of diving through and, and figuring that out. Um, if you have some other idea, you know what, I want to do programming part-time and I want to do farming part-time, or something else part-time, then what you've got to decide is, okay, well then, you know, how do I allocate my time? How do I make sure that I'm being effective enough at both things in order to, you know, get what I want? And it's probably going to take some trial and error. In fact, a lot of people, they, they tend to, you know, pick a, a goal and then they think that, okay, if I do all the right things, I'm just going to get there. And what they don't realize is it's kind of like programming in the sense that you put the code in, or in this case, you put some of the work in and then you run it. So you try speaking, you try blogging, you try podcasting, you try um, YouTubing, whatever, right? 
And then after you've tried it a bit, you realize, you know what? I really hate being a YouTube personality. And so you switch. Or, you know, I, I really enjoy speaking at conferences. And so I want to do more of it. And so you'd kind of double down on learning those things. And so the same thing with like uh, the farmer stuff or, you know, with me spending time with my kids, a lot of me trying to figure out the time allocation is just trial and error. You know, okay, do I have time to sit down and read a book to them every night? Or do I have time to do this kind of thing with this kid at this time for this thing? And it, it gets really hard. It gets really tricky. But knowing that helps me then decide, okay, well, the next stage for me then is to, you know, in my case, running my company, running a podcasting company, the next stage is finding more people to do more of the stuff that I'm doing so that I can free up my time. For other people, it may be something more along the lines of finding a mentor who can help them write their proposals so that they'll get accepted to the conferences or finding um, users groups that will let them come and speak every month and practice their talks or, you know, so, so these kinds of things where you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, you know, what skills, what opportunities do I need? What would really make the difference here? And then go and finding the people who can give you the opportunities you need. So, you know, just, just some ideas there. Now for a lot of people, especially if you're newer um, what I find is that a lot of folks are, I just want to make it to the next level, right? So I want to not be a junior developer anymore, or I want to be a senior developer, or I want to make $20,000 more than I'm making, or maybe I have a number out there and I want to get to the point where I'm making, you know, 60000 80000 $100,000 a year. And so you start figuring those bits out, right? Okay, well, uh, what do I need to do in order to get a $5,000 raise where I'm at? And then you, you know, so you go do some research and it's okay, well, it seems like people who take on managing infrastructure like staging systems and uh, Git repositories and CICD setups and things like that, they tend to be able to negotiate raises because nobody else on the team does it or will do it or wants to do it. And so you go learn skills like that. Or you may wind up just going and spending a bunch of time listening to podcasts, reading books, watching YouTube, et cetera, on the topic so that you can understand at a fundamental level how things work so that you can knock that out of the park, right? And then you come and you're more valuable to the company and then you can make the case to them to give you a raise. Or if that doesn't even work, then maybe you go work somewhere else. In fact, the first three programming jobs I had, I got a $20,000 raise every time I moved. And so you, you get the picture there, right? Um, I was uh, writing code at my, the first job I was writing code at, um, I wasn't actually on the development team. I was on the, the support team and then on the QA team, but I was writing code. Um, and I was maintaining a system that managed the support staff and helped them get their work done. And so, uh, you know, I, I did that. And then um, one of my coworkers told me that I could make more money if I got a competitive offer and brought it back. So I got a competitive offer. I brought it back. They offered me half of that as a raise. And I told them no. And I went and worked for somebody else. And I worked for them until they laid me off, went and applied at another job, got hired there, got a raise, get the picture, right? And so, you know, sometimes that's the path to it. Hey folks, this is Charles Maxwood, and over the last few years, I've gotten to know a lot of great people within the Microsoft community. 
and specifically in the .NET area. Uh, one of our guests from JavaScript Jabber, Sean Clabo, actually reached out to me and said he wanted to start a show on .NET. And there are a ton of people out there that I feel like sometimes get neglected in the .NET space. So if you're one of those folks, uh, you've been listening to maybe one or two of the other .NET focused or Microsoft focused podcasts for a while and thought, well, where's the devchat.tv style podcast for me in .NET? You can find it. It's at adventuresin.net.net is spelled out, D-O-T-N-E-T, adventuresin.net.com. Go check it out today. It really helps if you can find somebody who's been there and who, who has kind of navigated some of that. Just to give you an idea of how the ropes work, right, and how they made that transition. So if you want to be a speaker, go find somebody who speaks at a lot of conferences and make friends with them. Um, it helps if they're local because then you can just hang out when you need to. But if you can't do that, you know, because sometimes that's just not possible, then find something you can do for them. You know, so you offer to, you know, help them with a specific thing. You offer to do some work, write blog posts for them, help them with documentation on their open source, things like that, and get the, get in that way. Maybe you want to be a big open source contributor, maintainer, or whatever, right? And so you wind up contributing to a couple of open source projects. You see how they run them. You see how that works. You see how they get the word out about the projects that they're working on. And then you go start your own. You find a problem to solve and you write a library that solves it. Um, but anyway, there are a lot of different ways to figure out how to get where you want. And it's the same thing with the rest of life, right? As far as like running your own business or moving up in careers or, um, you know, getting promoted to team lead or um, CTO. And if that's kind of the level you want to be at, be a founder CTO or something like that, uh, you can do that but you're going to have to learn other skills besides programming in order to do that. And you're probably, again, want to, going to want to find some mentors who can help you step through a lot of that stuff. So it's, 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 a, it's a road. It's a process. And there are a lot of things that you're probably going to need to be figuring out as far as how you do it, how you approach it, and where you go with it. So I, I really, really highly encourage uh, people to actually sit down spend a few minutes and figure that out. And then what you can do is you can say, okay, well then what's the next step, right? And, and it could be a new job. It could be current job with new, you know, better pay or different circumstances. And then you go talk to them and say, okay, well, how do I get a raise? How do I get promoted to team lead? How do I get senior developer status, whatever, and figure out what that means to them and then if they aren't going to offer it to you, then figure out where you can get it somewhere else. And when you do that, and this is all in uh, the Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job, is, you know, if, if it turns out that you do need an, a different job to get you that, then that becomes one of the top three things that you're looking for. And if a company can't offer it to you, you won't take a position with them. And just taking that next step and then the next step and then the next step is the way you get there. Um, this is something I've kind of been thinking about for a while. Um, the only other thing I really want to add to this is that a lot of people have a lot of reasons in their head as to why they can't, right? I'm a this, I'm a that, um, they're a this, they are a that. The community does or doesn't blah, blah, blah for people like me. But what I find is ultimately the people who get what they want are the ones that work for it. Um, I'm not 
saying the system is necessarily fair or perfect or anything else. I'm, I'm not advocating any of that, but ultimately when it comes right down to it is that that's the system you have to work in. And, and the best way for you to actually change the system is to get what, get what you want from it. Right. Because then essentially you can help other people do the same thing. And so I really, really, just encourage you if, if you're out there and you're thinking, okay, well, this is where I want to end up. This is, these are the career places I want to end up in. These are the decisions I want to make. This is what I'm looking at. Then you can make those calls, right? Then you can say, okay, well, these are the, the next steps I need to take. And these are the kinds of things that I need to, to do. And these are the kinds of people that I need to get to know. And this is the kind of difference that I'm hoping to make at the end of the day or at the end of my life. So that's something that I'm really thinking about right now as far as like, you know, what kind of impact do I want? What am I really looking for from life? What am I really looking for to give to other people during my life? And what kind of a, a I, I don't really love the term legacy, but what kind of an impact, right? Um, if I weren't here, what would the world lack? And, uh, you know, just kind of nail that down so that I know what, what I'm after. And then again, just work backward from that. And yeah, I've had some, um, I've had some, uh, instances where things just didn't work out the way I wanted them to, where it felt like things were sliding backward instead of forward. But you know, when I look at it, the more I look at it, the more I realize, you know what, I got to get in, got to get my rear ending gear. I got to really kick it up a notch or 10 and own it and earn it. And so that's, that's kind of what I'm looking at for you. But if you don't have that initial direction, then you may be doing things that ultimately don't work out for you in the long run. So anyway, um, those are more or less my thoughts. Um, the only other thing I'll throw out is if you can't find a mentor, find somebody who's done it and do what they did. And yeah, I get crap sometimes because I'll copy people's stuff. Like not plagiarize content. I, I, I've never done that. But, you know, it's like, oh, that approach is working for you. So I'm going to do the same thing. And that, I mean, that's, that's a totally legitimate way to learn and it works. So yeah, anyway, wh whatever it is you want, just figure it out, go after it and do the work. And yeah, I'm not promising you that you'll get it in two months or 10 months or two years or 10 years, but you can consistently then start saying, well, then this is where I'm at and this is where I want to go next. And you can make those judgment calls. So yeah, anyway, I've kind of rambled through this a little bit. It's a little bit shorter episode than we normally put out, but um, yeah, that, that's really what I've been thinking about. Now, as far as anything else goes, I am going to encourage you to go get the Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. Uh, working on the audiobook, it should be out soon-ish. Um, it may already be out by the time this goes live. I haven't checked dates on this yet. So um, anyway, uh, definitely check that out. As far as anything else goes, I've got a couple of um, picks as well for just things that I've been enjoying. Um, one pick is a series of books. I read them one, a long time ago when I was a teenager. Um, it's Magician Apprentice and Magician Master. They're part of the Rift War Saga by uh, Raymond E. Feist. Um, and I really have enjoyed those books. Uh, they're awesome. Uh, 
And then the other pick that I have is a TV series that I've been watching. It's an Amazon original series. It's called The Man in the High Castle. And it's it's a pretty awesome show. Um, I'm still in the first season, so maybe it doesn't you know, live up to it. A lot of shows, the first season's awesome. The second season, I'm just like, okay, I passed. Um, but this is really good. I'm really enjoying it. So, um, anyway, uh, man in the high castle essentially takes place in the sixties, but it's an alternate universe where the Nazis won the war. And, you know, so Japan basically controls the West coast of the U S and, uh, the Germans control the East Coast of the U.S., and there's kind of a neutral zone in the middle. And anyway, so people are—I'm not going to spoil any of the rest of it for you. Um, there are a few things that are a little bit fantastic about it, I guess, or the best way to put it, where you know there are things that you know are unexplainable but are semi-magical. Um, I mean, people don't have superpowers or anything, but you know, there's a phenomenon in there that you know wouldn't occur without, you know, some kind of supernatural help. So, um, uh, and, and it's really just one thing, but it's kind of central to the entire story. So anyway, uh, go check it out. Really, really digging this show. Um, and it's interesting to think about, okay, what if, right? So anyway, um, check those out. I don't have any other picks, so I'm just going to sign off, but, uh, thanks for listening. And, uh, in the meantime, Max out. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.